Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm going to talk about trust. I don't want to take up too much time because I want to sing some songs. I want to jump around and celebrate. And I got this song I want to introduce you to, which has been an inspiration for me that Sheikh is going to lead us in. Um, you know, when I uh, was still in Perth, some of you have heard this story. Um, I, I was so worried um, about making it all work for our move here. And I was like, man, I need to go away and pray by myself and fast. And I saw, for some reason, I've got this funny imagination. I, I pictured myself in like camping. So I thought, well, I'm going to go camping. I'm going to pray. And it's just going to be me in a tent. And uh, I, I bought a little, cough, uh, like a heater thing, like a, you know, this butane gas fire thing so I could have my coffee because I wasn't going to fast that. But I, I fasted everything else. And I had one coffee a day and my water. And for three days, I went out and camped on this lakeside, which I actually found out was an abandoned coal mine. The water had gone in the, the what I thought was the lake. <laughs> But it looks nice, but the water was a funny blue colour and I worked out why as all the chemicals. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but my, my whole thing with God was like, God, what? how is this going to work? How is this going to work? And I was like, God, I need a scripture. Because I'd heard other preachers and pastors say that, you know, if you're going to go and do something for God or like plant something crazy like plant a church, you need to have a, you need to have a scripture that you can go back to. And I was like, well, God, I need you to give me that scripture. And uh, I'm like flicking through my Bible, I'm reading it. And I come across this particular scripture. It's, it's really simple. Um, it's, it's Isaiah 55, verse 13. Um, you can put it up. Uh, Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. And instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Now, when I first read this, I'm like, that's amazing, God. You're going to give me trees? What's going on here? There's... But then when you begin to look into this, basically what God began to speak me, to me about was, Ryan, you're expecting thorn bushes, and I'm going to give you fruit trees. Um, and both of these trees, the, the, the juniper tree and the myrtle, these are beautiful trees that have flowers and um, their fruit, they produce fruit and just wonderful, wonderful trees. And if you look at a, a thorn bush and a briar, a briar is actually the tree that they used to crown Jesus with, you know, that bush, they, they made the crown of thorns, they made it out of briars. So it's got these, these thorns like this big. And to be honest with you, to be completely honest with you, in my own self, the move here had me so scared that I was expecting briars. And I have good reason to, because I'm actually uh, related to a, a, a gentleman in a, in a very, very far distant kind of way, a guy called William Carey. My middle name is Ryan Carey Waters. Um, and William Carey was, a, was actually a missionary that came to India a very long time ago, very distant relative. 
But I thought, wow, I'm related to this William Carey and I'm moving to India. Wow, this is amazing. What's God doing? I better get to know this guy's story. I went and read this guy's story and I said, yeah, I want to stay home. He lost his wife. She went mad. Uh, his kids, because of, uh, because of the uh, hygiene at that point in time, he lost two of his kids. Um, and he was translating Bibles here in India. He gave up everything for it, everything. I was like, God, like, okay, I know you're calling me to Mumbai, but I don't understand. I don't know if I can, how am I, I'm okay to give myself of this, but I don't want to, I don't want to have, I, I knew Rachel would be all right because she's from here and she's like stronger than me. I'm like, God, like, what about my kids? I can't have them suffer because of my thing. And, uh, and that's what I was praying before God gave me this scripture. He said, I'm going to give you the juniper bush. I'm going to give you the myrtle tree, these beautiful, beautiful trees. And I knew God was speaking to me. And, and <laughs> about my kids, I have seen God be so faithful to my children. So faithful. I've seen him look after them and there's been gifts. <laughs> there's been gifts and gifts and gifts for them. So many of you have just given gifts to them. When You don't know how, you know, the conversations, the stuff that I've, I've been wrestling through because I know I've, I've come here and I, I don't mind giving it up, but it's about them that's always been my struggle with, you know, it's just different in Australia. For children, it's easier, you know. But God has been so faithful so, so faithful. And what I, I wanted to spend the next few minutes talking about is this. One of the biggest things with walking with Jesus is that you are going to be constantly challenged to take him at his word. Like he's going to give you a word. And, and for every one of you, I don't know what your spiritual journey is, where you are, and I'm not here to try and change anyone's mind. I respect all walks of life. And if you have a different walk of faith than me, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I'm just here to tell you there is this person called Jesus who is faithful. And he will give you a word sometimes. He'll just give you a feeling. He'll give you an urge and you'll be like, I don't know what about, and there will be so many what abouts. Well, what about this, and what about that, and what about them, and what about all of the what abouts? Who's got a what about in their life when it comes to walking with Jesus? I do. Jesus gives you enough to get to the next step. He gives you enough to get to the next place He wants to take you. And that scripture was what I needed. It was that little push. Where Jesus was saying, you know what, Ryan, I've got you. I've got you. You're okay. But the biggest challenge with God will be this, that you have to take him at his word. At the end of the day, you're going to have to trust him. <laughs> you're going to have to trust him. There are so many things that we could put up against the, the story and say, no, God, it's not going to happen because of this. It's not going to, what about the money? What about my family? What about this? What about that? 
With Christ, you know, we read about this story, this narrative in the Bible, and it is an amazing narrative of the faithfulness of God to all humankind. And it's all right to read about it for them, but when it comes into our story, we're like, no, no, hold on a second. I just want the blessings, but I don't want the adversity, right? I just want all the good stuff the Bible talks about. I mean, I've heard that all of those guys in the Old Testament, have you heard about how rich Solomon was? He was rich. I mean, that guy was like, dang. He was rolling, high rollers. I mean, come on now. Thank you, Jesus. I just proclaim it in Jesus' name. You know? Come on, be honest now. You don't, Okay, all right. No, no, you guys are better than me. <laughs> but God is like, yeah, I'm going to bless you. But there's a journey. And you're going to have to trust me at my word. Because sometimes we're not ready for the things that God has for us. And there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some toil. There's going to be some hard work that is in between you and your calling right now. And we get a really, really, really shaken up. Because listen, I think a lot of people walk into rooms like this. Whether it be some sort of um, uh, you know, discourse on some sort of religious book or whatever. And they're looking for that silver bullet that it changes everything and changes up their life. And if they just do this one thing, then everything's going to change. Well, the truth is, that's not how God works. God's going to give you a silver bullet for right now. But you may not know what's going to happen tomorrow. You may not know what's going to happen the next day. You can plan, but it's up to Him whether or not it all happens. And, and us humans, well, let's, let's not talk about you. I'll just talk about myself. I'm a proper control freak. I like to have it all in order. I like to know what's going to happen 10 years from now, how much is going to be in my bank account, how much is going to be happening. I, I want to know. I'd love to know that far ahead, but the fact <coughs> is I actually can't. And it does my head in. And I would, I would hazard to say it would probably do your head in as well to think, gosh, where is my life going? Some of you are on a journey right now where you don't know where it's actually going. You put up the front where you, where you like, make everyone think that you think that you've got it together. You know, they were like, oh, wow, that guy's got a plan. But really, on the inside, you're like, I don't know what's going on. If that's you, I want to tell you something. You're in the perfect place for God to come in and do something incredible if you would just trust God at His word. If you would just trust God at His word, if you, if you would, yes, know that He has got some benefits for you, but also know that the adversity that He takes you through is also His faithfulness. Where He is putting stuff in you, He is growing you, He is making you into a bigger person. We've seen it. I, I'm a different guy than I was five years ago. A shaker will tell you, I was different back then. You know. When Jesus came and walked the earth, back in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, Jesus gets up in a, in a synagogue, in a, in a temple, uh, and there's all of these really big, important teachers, and actually it was in his hometown. Now, they all knew of Jesus as a carpenter, but they didn't realize that this man was beginning to do some incredible things and that he was not just any man, he was actually proving himself to be 
God and he had just come from a place called Capernaum and they were like expecting him to do some miracles that he was going to do you know they're thinking he's going to do some stuff here we want to see what he does and he gets up and he and he says this he says in in in, in verse 18 he says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and he's talking about himself but the crazy thing is is that he's not he's actually reciting scripture here he's reciting something that had been written 900 years before prior this is actually a prophecy written by a guy called Isaiah okay he gets up and says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor first thing what's this church about why are we here to proclaim good news to the poor you might say well I'm not poor I'm doing all right thank you very much but he's not just talking about money I've met some really really wealthy people who spiritually are in poverty their souls are dry as a bone and they are looking for the answer and let me tell you something Jesus came to speak into that dryness and bring life to those bones and you find that when Jesus speaks form comes purpose comes destiny and calling comes and all of a sudden it all makes sense it all makes sense good news to the poor so he's proclaiming good news to the poor and then he says he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners well I'm not in a prison I'm not I'm not I'm doing okay I but 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 who knows <laughs> who knows that even our careers and the things that we get our lives into although they may pay for everything and all they although they they may help us to live in the house that we're living in who who knows of the of 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 the moment where you realize that you've been handcuffed and now those handcuffs might be made of gold they might be really nice looking handcuffs but you're handcuffed like what happens if if everything changes what happens if I lose my job what happens if I if 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 something happens over here what if what if what if my plans don't come about and you're like chained by something you know everybody's got golden handcuffs all of those things in our lives that look like they're going to help you have some sort of control in life but actually only produce fear the fear of losing it they're chains they're chains these are the things that we put before God and say no well I would follow God but 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 I just you know I this thing's working for me right now and I don't want to mess that up you know but you'll find that you're bound by those things and he and then he says he 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 he's come I've give to give the recovery of sight for the blind some of you can't see Jesus right now but when you do it's because of him and because he's going to open your eyes and to set the oppressed free oh man this generation i think 
is the most depressed generation that we have had. We, have, we are living in a time right now where there is more wealth in this world than ever before. There's actually enough wealth in this world. It's the first time in history the world has been like this. The first time in history, there is enough wealth in this world that if, if everyone was to give up their wealth, that every mouth would be fed. The world's never been like this before. I don't know if you understand like, what I'm talking about. It's never been like this. Never. We are living in an incredible time, but people are more oppressed, bound up by things that, that they never realized they would get bound up by, addicted to, to things that they never thought they would be. There is epidemic addictions. And, and, and just sorry stories. And Jesus, I think, at this moment, right now, is relevant. Because He came to set those people free. He came to set you and I free. And then He says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, what is He talking about there? I've got to finish up. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. He's talking about this year in the Jewish calendar called the Jubilee calendar, or the Jubilee, sorry. Now, the Jubilee was this interesting year where they would literally drop all tools and have a year off. Hey, we've got to do this, right? They just have a proper year off. Now, now you, you think about that, that sounds awesome, but could you imagine if the whole of India just decided to have a year off? It's literally what they would do. You know something, you'd be like, hold on a second, the whole thing would fall apart. It wouldn't take very long before everything would just be just absolutely shattered. Right? Well, that's what they used to do. But this year was the year that God had commanded that they take every 50 years. And, and, and you have to understand about this, this, this year of Jubilee. Every debt that was outstanding would get cancelled. Like, and every property that, you know, was bought would go back to its original owner. How good is that? I mean, praise the Lord. But it would totally equalize the playing field. Like, instantly, everybody was back to being equal. And everybody was in a place where they were completely trusting God at His word for you to drop all of the things that you're doing that you're putting your hand to instead of trusting God you have to trust God at his word you have to he's proclaimed it he's proclaimed it he's said it his word has gone into the air but if you're not prepared to live in that jubilee you'll never know it You'll never know the rest. You'll never know the freedom. You'll never know the hope. You'll never know. You'll do things and you'll think you're in control and it'll feel good and you've got it all together. But let me tell you something. You'll never know the rest that God has for you. Jesus has said it. His coming is not just a year. His coming marked a whole period of time that we are now living in. And it is the Jubilee time. It's the time of rest. It doesn't mean that we don't work, but we now work from a place of rest. We now do our, our, our business. We now do our stuff 
not from a place of panic and not from a place of, place of like, what if? And I know, I know you're thinking, well, I, 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 I try not to do that, but actually I really do panic, Ryan. I'm the same. My story of going camping and getting that scripture, I mean, let me tell you something. The further you press on with God, the more stuff happens. You know, if you're not, if you're living in a place of comfort, you're probably not doing anything, you know. If you're a bit uncomfortable, it means you're pushing ahead, that you, you've, God's, God's got you on a journey. And uh, we have to choose. We have to choose to take God at His word. You know, this just comes down to one word, trust. But in the Bible, trust is linked to another word that we don't really like because we have this thing called a free will. You know, trust, if you really, really scrape it back, when Jesus says, trust in me, what he's really saying is, obey me. Trust and obedience are completely linked. <laughs> because it's not about trust so much, it's actually about whether or not we think we can work it out or whether or not God will work it out. <laughs> but I want to just give you this scripture. Because, I mean, I'm telling you something. I have this trust issue with God. I'm like, I struggled every day with it. But every time... I get to a place where I don't know how God is going to do it. Somehow He does it. I just don't know how He does it. And He's done it with this church every single time I've gotten into a place. I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know. I'm like, I remember coming into this room when they showed me this room. And um, the, the gentleman that we, we deal with here said, I've got this one room. You can come and have a look. And I looked and I went, oh, this is it. This is it. We're going to do it in here. And then he told me the price. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is there any like state schools, like public schools or something, you know, because we needed to move, right? I'm like looking at everywhere else, but there was this one place and I did not know how we could pay for it. But how? Somehow. I remember, remember we took up that big offering? We raised like 30 lakhs in one offering. And we took this stinking place. And we made it better. And it's our home. This is where we meet every Sunday. And God's going to continue to provide. But every time, every time, He just provides. He just provides. He provides in every way. He provides emotionally. He provides even in comfort. He provides just in the depths of our heart. He provides in devotion. He provides in spiritual needs that we have, that, that where we just need that peace, where we need to connect spiritually. He's there. He provides. He provides. You can take Jesus at His word. But taking Jesus at His words is an act of an obedience. And let me just read this to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 29. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you the year of Jubilee. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, this is like an oxymoron. It's like, what is he saying? Take my yoke. You know what a yoke is? A yoke is a thing that they use for the buffalo. 
you know, you see those guys with the buffalo and that thing, they're pulling the yoke as that thing across their back. Like, take my yoke upon... Well, I, don't wanna, I don't want any yoke. I'm, I want to be free, Jesus. Like, yoke? What are you talking about? But he's saying my yoke is light. You know, this was the yoke that we were actually designed to carry. It's actually the one that we were meant for. He's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A yoke is all about timing. A yoke is all about timing. Like if you get two oxen that are yoked together, those two oxen have to be in time with each other. And when we yoke ourselves to Jesus, um, I don't know if you know this, but he's a bit bigger than us. And I've got this picture in, our, in my mind, you know, like of, of, of a person trying to say, you know, I'm yoked to Jesus, but then they're trying to run ahead. And I can just see their legs like dangling, going, oh, la, 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 la. you know, and that's us sometimes. We're like, God, you know, I've got it. I know what's going on. And he's like, no, just learn from me. Trust me. Obey me. I've got you. 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 And you know, the only time a yoke would actually cause pain was when that oxen would actually try and get out of it. That's when that, that thing is going to press into the back of their shoulders and they're going to get chafing and they're going to get hurt. And after a while, and this is what happens. I've, I've met people who follow Jesus like this, like, I don't know, you know, I just, I just, I've done all of this and I've done that and, and he's still not faithful and I just, he's just, I just don't like God. And you can see that they're broken and hurt because they're trying to run ahead all of the time of what God has for them. I've had to do that in this church. Oh man, so many times. The last year when I went back to Australia, I was in that place. I was like, man, I want this church to grow faster. I'm like this, God, I want it to grow faster. It's not growing fast enough. I'm like that sometimes. <laughs> and my friend, my good friend Jason, we were about to see a movie. I don't know what movie. We're sitting there and he's like, you're thinking crazy. No, I'm not. I'm... It's like, stop, stop, stop. Don't do what you're about to do. And he, the Lord used him at that moment to speak to me. And, uh, and there were some things I was about to do that would have been okay. I was about to start another second service, right? I was about to. I was just going to stuff it. I'm just going to do it. And, uh, and I, I, I just felt, the, at that moment, I felt this check. Just, just wait up, Ryan. Just hold on a second. You're going to ruin it. What I'm doing is okay. You know, and, and this, this happens for us too. Because actually what I was trying to push there was actually an insecurity in me as a pastor, right? As a pastor, and we ask pastors, we like it when our churches are growing fast. That's, that's our little idol that we have going on. You, I, I, can just, I can just let you in on that. We all have it. <laughs> if it's not growing, we're suddenly like, hey, it's not growing. What are people going to say about my church? What are those? What about that other guy who's got a church of five thousand? What about me? You know, that's how it goes on. I know, but you see, you have all of these things going in for your situation as well. I'm just, I'm just letting you know, I'm the same. But it's all about a trust issue. What's the next part of that? Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle 
at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along? 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.